You know when you're working a night shift and it's 3 a.m. and it's like, are we drunk or delirious? I'm Emily. And I'm Hannah. And you're listening to Drunk or Delirious, a night shift podcast. Would you guys watch it? Question mark. Ooh, that's our next poll. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, we would totally do video. Um, we just maybe we have to prepare ourselves, like our appearance a little bit more. <laughs> I yes. wouldn't mind right now. I don't really care how no, I you look. look cute. But, like I'm, but I'm fully wrapped up in a blanket because it's negative. Mm, let's see what it is. Negative five. Uh, outside right now um yep was negative 13 this morning here in denver colorado (laughs) (laughs) i'm so sorry it's been you know it honestly though like when you walk out it just feels cold you know but it's not like holy hell like i think because it's not so windy i think if it was like like where Dan Dan's driving across the country right now to Connecticut and he's driving um he's almost to St. Louis and he's like the wind is so bad I like can't even get out of the car like it's so fucking cold so you know at least there's not that and it was sunny today which helps positive I feel like that helps a lot like the sun helps so much um and I was inside most of the day like I don't I'm not I'm just not going outside it's fine oh no need. And Hannah's in the warmth. So I'm in Phoenix. Greetings from the palm tree land. It's very nice. Oh, yeah, it, it was it's like cold in the mornings, but it warmed yeah. up so much throughout the day. And yeah, walked home from the gym today. It was like so pretty out. I, I love that. It made, me, it made me feel so happy. I was just like, ugh, the seasonal depression is so real. Like, I don't know. Sometimes you don't even realize how much it's affecting you. And then you're in a nice sunny place and you're like oh life is good life is Mm -hmm. great Mm -hmm. yeah the sun is a game changer i do love that about denver like it's it is sunny almost every single day which is awesome um especially in the winter (laughs) yeah Um, i know and i love seattle so much but like i don't know if long term that would be like an issue you know i feel like it would definitely it looks, I mean, it looks stunning, but, like, the sun. I know. And, like, but to me, I'm, like, if I can live in Pittsburgh for six years, where it's, it's true. gray, but also cold, but then Seattle, it's just kind of gray and wet. Mm. Mm. So That's tough. I don't, I, don't I, I don't like being wet. <laughs> I don't enjoy being. I don't being. really love that. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> like, snow is know. one thing. Because it's like, I mean, it's not dry, obviously, but it kind of is. Like, it's just dry. It's just snow. But like, when you walk outside in the rain, you're drenched. Yeah, that's why I feel like Denver is kind of the well, except for right now, it's way too cold. But I feel like typically Denver is kind of the best of both because yeah. you have all your seasons, you have your mountains, but you have the sun. Mm-hmm. You do. Those are my requirements. Yeah. Except for Dan misses the ocean a ton, so it's like. Which I get, like, and it is nice. I like, I do miss like large bodies of water. I love that, but I mean, at least you can hike up to a ton of mountains or um, mountain and lakes, lakes and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I do think it is, I, and it's literally never this cold here. Like, this is just a weird fucking winter storm that's taking over actually the entire country. But, um, yeah, it's normally like. Yeah, I mean, tomorrow, no, not tomorrow, Saturday, it's going to be, like, high 40s, maybe 50 degrees and sunny. Like, it's, yeah, so, I just have to suffer through it for, tomorrow's going to be pretty cold. I think the high is 10, but I just Mm -hmm. have to go to the gym and get all my steps in. (laughs) Exactly. It's like, I'm going to be at the gym for, like, three hours tomorrow, just walking. I would. (laughs) 
That's what I'm gonna have to do. Like I would honestly. I will oh not be going for a walk. Like you're like I feel like no. I can get my body warm enough, but my face will just freeze. And get all That's, dry and just just like mm. miserable. No. No. Oh my gosh. Well, Merry Christmas week, everyone. <coughs> if you celebrate and happy holidays. Yes. Merry Christmas. Uh happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa and New Year Year and any other holiday that you celebrate or none at all (laughs) yeah because I think this is going to be our last release until probably the new year oh my god that is so true wow okay this is our last episode of the year we're gonna take next week off just like FYI um just taking a little break for the holiday we're we're both gonna be with our families celebrating yeah. and all the things and we just hope enjoying you guys are it too mm-hmm. or if yeah. you're working you know i hope you have a good shift and we appreciate totally. you guys absolutely and we've all we've all been there we know how it is um mm-hmm. and it can be really nice once you're at work like once you're actually yeah. there and you're with the babies and the families or like you know your people your patients families it can be really nice but um it is a bummer leaving it, it always yeah. makes me feel like important like it sucks leading up to it but then yeah like you said like once you're there it's kind of like man like someone has to be here and mm-hmm. they need us and it's nice to be needed in that mm-hmm. way but, and then like hopefully you can go home like the day after or spend some time with family like on another day and celebrate you know but mm-hmm. yeah I don't know there's pros and cons for sure it, it's like oh it stinks, but someone's got to do it. Yeah. Someone does have to do it. And there's so many, I was thinking about it today, that there are so many different professions that have to work the holidays as well. It's not just us healthcare workers. Yeah. So, like, it's true. I mean, grocery stores, gas stations, like any essential business. You know what? It's 3 a.m. and you go into your patient's room. You don't want to wake them up with the bright overhead lights, but you need to turn on a light to see what the hell you're doing. Now there's a solution. You have to try Lumify's Unite Light. I love my Unite Light. Seriously, a game changer if you work the night shift like we have for years. It's super small and clips to your scrub top, has three different color settings, and emits enough light to illuminate your workspace, check IV sites, vent checks, honestly, you name it, in the middle of the night. The Unite Light was created by healthcare workers, our amazing friends Jen and Anthony over at Lumify, for healthcare workers. You can get your own Unite Light or anything in the Lumify marketplace for 10% off with our discount code DODPODLUMIFY. That's D-O-D-P-O-D-L-U-M-I-F-Y to get 10% off your order today. Yeah, since our last... um episode of just M and I about things we wish we knew before we became nurses was um, a pretty good success we thought we'd do another episode similar to that but a little bit more specific so this week we're gonna chat about things we wish we knew before we became NICU nurses mm-hmm uh, the NICU <laughs> yeah there's so many things and I feel like <laughs> Hannah and I do have some like differing um opinions on some of it uh, obviously like I'm not a NICU nurse working as a NICU Currently. nurse anymore but I think I yeah. will always be a NICU nurse at heart but um absolutely yeah yeah, yeah take it away can, <laughs> yeah and we can like I mean we're not going to debate over it but you know we can have everyone is different yeah. and like has different experiences too based on your experience so mm-hmm. um so the first thing that I put was You'll never know everything, and you'll always be learning. Um, I think, like, when I um, was a little baby, new grad, I think you expect to finish your orientation or have a certain amount or length of experience and to be, like, capable or, like, I don't know. I mean, you are capable, but to, I don't know, achieve something. And the truth is, like, after my – gotta drink that water baby (laughs) (laughs) my water bottle just got really (laughs) stuck on my my uh, headphone cord and (laughs) oh god it's going well yeah we're off to a great start um yeah I I think like 
I expected to feel more prepared, I think, after my mm-hmm. orientation. <coughs> and I felt like I could, like, take a three-baby assignment and I could do the tasks. But I don't think anything can prepare you for what happens when you're off orientation. <laughs> no. I don't think so uh, either. I don't think so either. And I think I was – I'm a very, like – I'm good at school, you know, like nursing school, you can, like, you study, you take the test, you do well, like you kind of, you go into, you know, your orientation. And if you're in like a re- new grad residency program, like you're taking classes, you're learning a ton of stuff. And like, sure, you can like remember that information, but like actually applying it to a baby is like, yeah, yeah. nothing is going to prepare you for that. And every single baby, like, you can group together some of them, like, this type of baby. Mm-hmm. Like, I hate to say it like that, but, like, you know, we see different diagnoses and stuff in the NICU or, like, in ages of prematurity. And mm-hmm. it's so hard to, like, really absorb all that information in just, like, a 13-week orientation. Like, oh, I yeah. don't know. There's no way. I feel like I'm still learning. Like, every NICU I go to is a little bit different or I'll see something new and it's mm-hmm. okay. Like, I don't have any shame. I'm, I'm almost been a NICU nurse for seven years now, and I'll be like, oh, I've never seen this before. Like, can you show me this? And that's yeah. just how it is forever. And I think you got to stay humble. <laughs> totally. Absolutely. Like, just welcome any opportunity to learn because, yeah, like, it is diff- so freaking different in every single NICU. Mm-hmm. Like, vastly. Oh, I mean, yes. the equipment you use is going to be different. The way that they go about like day-to-day tasks is different like something yeah it's just it's it's interesting the terminology they use is different you're like what did you just say right like you like i don't know what like they're and then they're like oh it's blah blah blah. and you're like oh why the hell do you call it that like it's just (laughs) get real confusing yeah there's so many little things like that um i remember being pretty much fresh off of orientation or like maybe six months in as a nurse and I remember taking my kid to MRI for the first time and I went with a an experienced transport nurse and I don't know for some reason this like really stuck stuck in my head and I remember just something I said to her about like yeah like I've been a nurse for six months and I don't know everything but I was saying it in more of a like I'm surprised I don't know everything yet. Mm. Like, and I look back at my little self and I'm just like, oh, honey, you're you're an infant. Of course you don't know anything. (laughs) And I'm thinking about it from her point of view. And she's probably like looking at me like, what's your name again? Like, what? Like, yeah, you were just born as a nurse. (laughs) Like, you know. Yeah, these these nurses are like, "Um, I'm sorry. I've been a nurse longer than you've been alive. So Mm -hmm. shut up. Oh, my God. They totally have. Mm-hmm. they really have it's and I feel I don't know I don't know about other units obviously but like I feel like you will have NICU nurses who have literally been an, an, in that NICU for 40 straight years <laughs> and you're like how is this possible <laughs> I recently worked with this night shift NICU nurse that's, that it was in that situation and oh my god like when you see someone who has been working night shift for that long I was like, oh, honey, like her everything. Like, I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be me with my neck problems. Like, she had a huge hump. Her neck was, like, so slumped over. And, like, she was just, like, she just looked like she worked night shift for, like, 40 years. I was like, dang. Ooh, yeah. That's a little bit of a different topic. But, like, the toll that it does on your body. But but she probably also has seen a lot and knows that, like, the unit, like, the back of her hand, you know? Oh, my God. Things I wish I knew before I did night shift. That could be a whole nother episode too. Oh my totally. god. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Things we could also talk about forever. One hundred percent. Yeah. Um to- and I, I agree, like you you come off of your orientation like with this like confidence, I feel like. Or not orientation, but like all my classes, like I felt like I did well in my in my new grad classes and my orientation, they were like, ooh, you're going to be the first one to go and, like, 
train with the more sick babies. And I was like, oh, that's a confidence booster. And then I was like, holy shit. You don't, I mean, you're never going to be prepared. Like, it's terrifying. Yeah, especially when you're on your own. And I remember feeling really overwhelmed. Like, I mean, I think I got a lot of sick babies on my orientation. But one of the first times that I was on my own and I got a really sick cooling blanket baby and we were giving him all the different types of blood transfusions mm-hmm. and it was my first time doing a lot of that stuff and I was really slow and all of those tasks and like things start to become more automatic like now like I'm like like I got an admission the other day it wasn't super sick but you know you just know exactly what to do it's it's mm-hmm. n- it's second nature it's not like oh what do I do first it's just like mm-hmm. okay you just do it um but I remember watching the nurses around me like take over for me and do my uh, um, admission pretty much. And I felt so embarrassed and I felt inadequate and I felt like an idiot. I was like, God, like they're all doing it for me and I don't even know what to do. I don't even know Mm -hmm. where to go. Like, do I go next to my patient or should I be like scanning shit? Like, I don't even know. And they're looking at like, I felt so stupid, but like, I don't know. I hope that no one else feels that way. But the truth is, like, I, at least how I feel is, like, if a new g- new grad or, like, a, a new nurse gets an admission like that, like, it's our job to help them. And mm-hmm. I don't expect you to know. Yeah. It takes so much time to learn all of that, especially if you're going from unit to unit as well, like, at different hospitals. The way they do admissions is, like, literally always different. <laughs> yeah. 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 I just feel like. Yeah, you're never going to know it all. <laughs> no, no. Um, and yeah, off of that, my second thing I put was give it time. The only way to know more is to get experience. So I think that's all it's part of yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and like it does get easier as mm-hmm. you get that experience. You just have to like be patient and go through that experience. And I know it's hard, but like mm-hmm. I feel like you'll notice like two months go by and you're like oh shit like I do feel comfortable doing that like I'm so much faster like just doing my cares and I have all of my time management together and then like slowly and slowly you're gonna gain more confidence in your skills yeah if you have babies with TPN and lipids every day and you're stringing those every single shift but like three in a row by the third shift you're gonna be so much faster exactly it is yeah it really does just take time sometimes and I would say, like, if there's, like, a new grad listening to this, I would suggest, and I wish I did this now looking back, like, I wish I had a journal about, Mm. like, maybe some of the more unique cases that I've had or, like, I wish I kind of journaled, like, what we did for them and stuff and also, like, to reflect just mental health-wise but also just, I don't know, I think it would be a good way to get things to stick. Like, this is what we gave and this is how we treated this and why. Um, that way you're able to put those puzzle pieces together instead of just like they ordered this so I have to do this it's like Mm -hmm. why you know no that's Um, such a good point I yeah that would have been so helpful yeah I didn't at all but it would be a good way to debrief debrief too I think Mm -hmm. like after your shift come home journal go to sleep (laughs) yeah yeah that's a really good idea I like that tip were just brutal Yes. Yeah, that's one thing. Like, your shifts can really take a toll on you. Like, especially, like, you don't think that a one-pound baby can whoop your ass. (laughs) Sure as shit can. Oh, my God. You will leave that shift being, like, mentally, physically, emotionally drained. And, like, just completely drained. And it it takes a lot out of you. It really does. And sometimes, like, you don't realize in the moment that you're doing these things how much it's, like, emotionally affecting Mm -hmm. you. But then, like, I've had shifts where I get into the car and I just start bawling. Mm. Not as much anymore, but when I was, like, younger. Because it's, like, a lot of the things we do, it's hard to see. It's, like, really shocking. Mm -hmm. And and then it does become, like, more normal, which uh, is unfortunate. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think off that too, like your emotions aren't a weakness, but a strength is something else that I would say to my younger self too. Yeah. I think a lot of nurses like, they like to, especially 
I, I hate to like group people together, but I do think it's generational to an extent. Like mm-hmm. some of the older nurses, there is an attitude that like, if you can't handle this, then you're not cut out for it. And like, um, you know, like just hard, like hardened mm-hmm. and like, mm-hmm. no, cr- it's okay to cry and it's okay to be sad by some of the things that we see because some of the things that we see are horrendous. It is. And you want to be able to at least like empathize to an extent with your parents and like just, I don't know, I feel like it just makes the experience more real and you're able to just connect with them better. I don't know. I don't know what I'm, but like, I don't know. You can kind of just understand what, try and understand what they're going through and try and be a support system for them as well. And I just feel like if you're so hardened, these nurses, I don't know. Well, you can hear them when they speak to to the parents that it's just like, okay, like maybe be a little kinder, like more compassionate. <laughs> it's just yeah, like maybe these parents are being defensive because they're going through the hardest thing that they literally ever that they through in their life. ever. Yeah, uh, you have and to remind yourself that just because you have a sicker baby next door that needs your care doesn't mean that like their baby doesn't require well or the mother or the parent doesn't require attention as well. Mm-hmm. Cause sometimes we're like the kid's fine. They're stable, but that doesn't in, like everyone's feelings are valid. And, mm-hmm. and you have to consider the also like we should do an episode on this, but on postpartum depression and also like the yeah. hormones that are going through your body after you give birth. I mean, I've never personally had a baby, but I mean, I can imagine cause I get real crazy around my period. <laughs> like, I mean, imagine that times a million. Yeah, I can't even begin to comprehend adding on. And then you add on the stress of your baby being taken away from you to a foreign place and you can't be with them all the time. And you're just so worried about their well-being and you're trying to even learn, just learn how to be a new mom and your baby's sick. Like, oh, I can't even begin. I know. Sounds I think we've talked about this before, too, but I think as we get older, I mean, maybe it's the opposite for some people, but I feel like the older I get, the more empathy I have for these mm-hmm. parents. I agree, because I, the more, the closer I see myself to being a mother and a parent, you know, I, when I was 23, 24 years old, like, that was a very distant future for me, and now, like, I want babies this moment so it's like (laughs) it's not happening anytime soon but I want them now um I yeah I can't even begin to (laughs) imagine um I I mean I treat my dog as my son so (laughs) I know and like I am on my camera when I'm away from my cat even I am on the camera like all day, every day, making sure she's okay. And like mm-hmm. we we sometimes complain about the parents who are on the cameras. If you're in a NICU that has cameras, like watching their baby or like calling, like oh the Billy mask is around their neck. I mean, okay, that would probably be alarming for totally any of us. It and is just because we're like, well, they're on a monitor. It's like. Still, I wouldn't want to see my baby like that either. And I think, yeah, but as I'm getting older, I'm realizing that um, because it it would irritate me. Like, it's not all the time, but there's sometimes when you're like, I'm super freaking busy. Like, I don't need to like go run to the phone to hear you be like, can you turn the camera on? Or they like spit up or like something where I'm like, they are, I, un- I understand that you absolutely want them to be cleaned up. I want to clean them up. But right now, <laughs> I kind of can't. <laughs> like, and it just, like, is yeah. very stressful. But I get it, too. Like, it, I can't. I mean, yeah, I can only imagine. I watch Charlie constantly. <laughs> right? Constantly. This is making me think, like, um, I, I feel like often as NICU nurses, I guess, or uh, I'm sure nurses in general, but as NICU nurses, we sometimes wish the parents could see it from our perspective Mm -hmm. because we're like, if only you knew how stable your kid is, or if only you knew what I was doing next door when you called me. But 
if we are able to sometimes it's okay like our feelings are valid as well like Mm -hmm. our perspective is valid but if we're able to take ourselves back a step and just think about it from their perspective and think about how our job is to take care of their babies and Mm -hmm. this is what we signed up for essentially like I think that's a good reminder for all of us definitely because that's been me too I've complained I'm not saying I'm innocent of it yeah but it's a really good reminder for everyone to think about that a little bit more and they're just like they have zero control you know of their own child so there's just going to be little things that they they are going to try to like take control of and that that's okay (laughs) like they need that absolutely so it is yeah it is a really good reminder to just yeah take a step back and see what you can do to to reassure them make them feel some semblance of comfort to get some ounce of sleep that night (laughs) like can't even I mean I'm a freaking I worry constantly about every single thing in my life so like I can't even (laughs) fathom how much I'm gonna worry about my own child (laughs) oh same yeah I can well I think another reason I can relate to parents a lot more now too is because I actually have anxiety like Mm -hmm. I I have anxiety about my own health so when yeah when you think about worrying about the health of someone that a a baby that you created like that would be yeah yeah it's hard Mm. to even wrap my Mm -hmm. mind around that Mm-hmm. makes you sick like it does I'm sure it's just like knots in your stomach you're awaiting the news of the echo you're awaiting the news of the head ultrasound like life-altering news and to us mm-hmm. it's like yeah they have bilateral grade threes or like because we see it every day but like i mean this is like it's devastating news to a parent it is yeah oh my god i would be <sighs> absolutely insane like when is the echo going to be read um, okay, can I have the the number to the cardiologist, please? Thank you. Like, I know it only ta- it doesn't take that long. Like, let's get it going. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I would be so insane. Yeah. Yeah. We could do a whole episode on, uh, communicate like doctor communication as well. Totally. It's really bad. <laughs> I think. Gosh, we've got some. We gotta write these down. Yeah, we do. These episodes, what was the first one you said? I'm writing it down now. It was like things we wish we knew before night shift. And then we were going to talk about like, um, yeah, I, I have a lot to say about doctors. But you ha- there was one other one. Was there? Yeah. Well, it's probably on the recording, Actually. I guess. We can. Oh, that's true. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to edit. <laughs> like, I can't remember. <laughs> we're actively recording this conversation. So, um. <laughs> I can write these down while I edit, so I'm going to now put down my phone. Okay. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) We'll never hear this again. (laughs) Actually, it's literally going to be on the internet forever. (laughs) Our voices. And it's scary. That is really terrifying. scary Um, you people listen to us, but thanks. (laughs) Yeah, we love you. We do. But it's craziness. It It is. is so crazy. Um, but I feel like, like when we were talking about moms and parents and stuff, um, one of the things I also wrote was you're just as much a nurse for the mothers as for the babies sometimes. And I don't think I really (coughs) realized that, um, is that you will be so involved with. Mm -hmm. And I think that that needs to really be integrated into your training as a NICU nurse, like what to say, what the mom is going through, what you know, their whole experience has been on the mother-baby side because, like, we don't see any of that, but you interact so much with that mom. Like, it'd be so much, so helpful to really understand on another level, like, what they are going through physically and, oh, like... postpartum depression and hormones. That's it. Good. (laughs) Great. That is... We can dive deep dive on some research for that. Or we can get um, a specialist or something to come and speak to it, too. Also that. Yeah. That would be great. Um, but yeah. And especially now that I'm working a lot more day shift. Um, I think when I was younger, I did a lot more nights and I kind of avoided a lot of that aspect, um, which is fine. Like, I don't think that's an, a problem. But now I'm getting a lot more experience and practice with, um, yeah, just 
communicating with parents and I, there's no way I say the right thing all the time, but I try my best and mm-hmm. I know it can be really hard. It can be so hard. Um, but even just sometimes like, well, you have to read the situation. I feel like you have to have a lot of social awareness as a nurse too. Like mm-hmm. you have to be able to read the situation and like the needs of the parent in that moment. But sometimes even just like a hug, like there's nothing you can say, but like, can I give you a hug and sitting down on their level? Mm-hmm. Like I'll pull up a chair and sit with them, you know? It helps so, I feel like that helps so much. It brings it to, like, a human-human level. Like, you're not just, like, standing above them. Like, I don't know. They're going to see you differently, I think, if you you sit down with them. And you're going to see them differently as well. I try to be, like, relatable. Like, I don't, yeah, I want them to Mm -hmm. feel really comfortable with me so that they are able to ask me questions that they may not ask. I mean, I wish that everyone felt as comfortable asking the doctors but the mm-hmm. truth is they spend a lot more time with us yeah so so much more <laughs> yeah I just try to make them comfortable and keep them I mean we've talked about this in our um advice to NICU moms episode too but like keeping them as involved as possible in the process mm-hmm. and just like empowering them to ask questions and be a, you know be a caregiver for their baby as much as they can mm-hmm Absolutely. I, I'll, sh- this one's like heavy, but, um, it, it is true. Um, nothing will ever prepare you for your first patient loss. And you can, you know, you can read all about like bereavement care and, you know, everything that you will do afterwards, but nothing's going to prepare you for, you know, that actual experience of losing a patient. But the, at least you have this giant support system of all your co-workers who have all been through it before and to really to lean on them for that support afterwards you know because there's no one else that like I couldn't come home and talk to Dan about that he's going to be like yeah that is awful like I can't even begin to imagine but he's never experienced it before and so it's really hard to have your partner your partner's not gonna be able to relate to you or like your friends that aren't medical aren't gonna be able to relate to you but to just lean on your your coworkers as support it's a tough it, and nothing's ever gonna prepare you for how tough it's going to be on you like I will never forget any of the babies that have passed away when I've been working and <clears throat> And my experiences with their families afterwards, like that, those memories are ingrained in my soul. <laughs> like I, it's, it's tough and I, you don't realize how much it like can wear on you mentally too. Just like you take a lot home with you, a lot more than you realize as a nurse. Yeah. And it's interesting as time passes, <clears throat> what memories in life in general stay with you or are so mm-hmm. vivid and like I promise <laughs> that is gonna be a vivid memory and it's unfortunate like no one wants to live through like through that again and again but that's the truth of it like you will remember mm-hmm. the details of those moments uh-huh um yeah I I feel pretty lucky overall I think I've mentioned this before I've never lost my pa- like one of my patients um but I've been there during like a, a patient loss like during a code but I haven't had to deal with families afterward or anything like that, but I, yeah, that's something I, I don't have experience with and that scares me to death. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't know if I could like truly come back to work the next day after something like that. Like, I don't, I just don't know how I would handle that. It's tough. I don't know. And every unit's different. I feel like a lot of places will be like, you can take, you know, this next shift off if you can. Um, some places don't but it's also going to be based on staffing (laughs) it's really hard to come back it really is especially like if that patient was like your primary and you're in that same area every single shift and like to go back into that room and see just like another baby in it is really hard Mm -hmm. and you're like space like, you're always going to remember that bed space. So like any new, pa- like even like a couple of years later, you'd be like, yep, this is, this is where so-and-so passed away. And like, yeah, you just, 
you just come to some kind of terms with it, but it doesn't, it doesn't ever leave you. Yeah. I guess, um, um, talking to our past selves or like new nurses and stuff, I would just say like, like you said, this to lean on the support of your coworkers and like, there's going to be those people that are going to be assholes unfortunately that's that was my experience i mm. after i was co- like helping with this code and this baby passed um it was like shift change of course but of course um and it was i was late to report I w- it was about 7 10 7 15 by the time i i came to report um for the day shift nurse um i was on night shift and um she was pissed <laughs> that I was late (laughs) and I was like literally crying and like fighting back tears and I was just like I'm sorry I like was just helping next door um and I just gave report in the most like monotone voice ever because I was just like I was shocked I was in shock um I didn't have time to process what I just seen Mm -hmm. and I had to give report and I think I made a mistake, like something with the formula, something like that. Like I didn't like Good God, look I it up I, in the goddamn orders. Like shut your fucking mouth. Yeah. Like I didn't give the wrong <laughs> thing, but I said the wrong thing. Something like I that. Can't. She I can't. I just mad. can't. Yeah. Like fuck off. Honestly, just go look it up in the computer yourself. I'm sorry. Exactly. I misspoke. Like, like these I ki- can- the kids that I was giving report on, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but they were feeder growers. Like I need therapy now. <laughs> yeah. Like. You can literally, I literally don't even have to give you a report. You can look at the computer and know what you need to do. Yeah. It's just no empathy. And like, Mm -hmm. she never asked me if I was okay. And that's something that I remember too. Absolutely. That's unfortunate. I wish that went differently for me. And I'm sorry for the nurses out there that have similar situations and experiences to mine, but they're, they're not all like that. Like they really... We're not, we're not all like that. So go f- mm-hmm. find someone that you can lean on and talk to about it. And, or if you have a therapist, like I highly recommend all nurses to have a therapist, honestly, yep. because yeah. <laughs> and I should have started so long. Like I literally just started going to therapy in like the last couple of years, which is ridiculous yeah. because I haven't worked as <laughs> really, I haven't worked as a NICU nurse in the last couple of years. So to think that I didn't have Oh gosh, yeah, I could have really used that that support for a long yeah. time. Like, and you, I don't know, we just don't talk about mental health, and we don't take care of ourselves in that way. It's not like seen as as important, or it, it wasn't um, seen as important as important like years ago. But um, yeah. to go off of that. <laughs> Kind of a lighter note, maybe kind of funny. NICU nurses are a very particular type of nurse. Like, I had absolutely no idea. And it's so freaking interesting. Um, just the the personality. There's I feel like there's, like, two personality types in the NICU. There's, like, the ones that are like Hannah and I, like, very nice, friendly, like, not super uptight. Like, we kind of just go with the flow, but we take really good care of our kids and... We love what we do. And then there's the freaking like type A. And not to say I'm not type A, but like type A to an extreme. Some of these nurses, <laughs> like, they don't deviate from like the order, or, like the, what is it? What can I think of? The policy, like yeah. word by word. They're like, nope, that is, that is not what it says. That is, I cannot do it. And it's like, Oh my god! Like, and it doesn't matter the age. No, there's 22 year old ones like that, and there's 65 year old ones like that. Yep. <laughs> it's like there's, and I had I had no idea. And then you like go to other units, and you realize that that like we are a different breed. <laughs> <laughs> like NICU nurses are a different breed of nurses. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just like avoid people. Like it's that. so interesting, but I yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. I just tread lightly initially and kind of like feel out the kind of person that they are. Um, oh my, yeah. 
yeah, some there's some very intense personalities. Mm-hmm. I also think, and this is not just NICU nurses, this is kind of everywhere, but it made me think of it. I think something I've learned with traveling anyway is there's going to be complainers everywhere you go. Oh, yeah. And I've been guilty of being a complainer. Absolutely. But there's a lot now I know <laughs> there's so much, there's so much to complain about, but I, and I like realize now that I'm, I've learned like, no, shut, just shut up. Emily, just shut your fucking mouth. But <laughs> yeah, it's hard in the moment to be like, but there's so much to be thankful for. But like, that's kind of how I feel at my assignment now. I'm like, you guys don't even know i was like go to harlem i dare you yeah you're like the grass is not greener i promise you (laughs) no and a lot of these places are dealing with the same things which it is a lot of it is bullshit like yeah there is a lot of change that needs to happen but yeah i think just i think like um it's easy for new grads too and stuff to be like swooped up into the like oh everyone's complaining about this like I'm gonna like they jump on the train because it's easy Mm -hmm. to like get involved with it but I would just encourage you to like remember why you started being a NICU nurse in the first place and just remember like that you're hopefully like doing your dream job (laughs) Mm -hmm. and um, just do you like don't let the other negativity like affect you so much I hate it when people when older nurses or more experienced nurses just like talk a ton of shit in front of a new grad I'm like fucking save it for the people that have been here for years and like don't like ruin this new brand new nurses perspective of this place of their dream job like just don't it's I yeah I like drives me crazy like let them make their own opinions and judgments about this experience. Maybe they're loving it and they don't need your negativity. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Like, Oh, it, it was so much better when, and this and that, and it's changed so much. And like, okay. Well, Shut it. Yep. Things change. So I don't know. Literally every day or, yep. Or go travel. Get with the program. Get with the program, Karen. Karen, Debbie, Carol, Carol. Oh God, yep. <sighs> oh gosh. Another thing is, um, I did that. I didn't really know because I didn't know much. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know anything about NICU really I before I started. <laughs> um, the NICU is not necessarily a unit full of sick babies, and there is a difference between premature and sick which i think is a concept that took a long time for me to understand so true they're vastly different i mean you can have both like premature babies are more at risk of becoming sick or septic but Mm -hmm. um they're not the same thing no right like no not at all whatsoever and it also i mean it it takes a while i think to learn that because of the different babies that you do see depending on like what nick you you work in i think like i don't know mm-hmm. i feel like you can work in a level two and it's just like little premature babies and you haven't really seen a sick sick kid and then you're like oh shit <laughs> like <laughs> go to a different NICU and you're like oh that oh no no those babies were fine that was for just they were just premature <laughs> and healthy for being premature but then you add sickness into that i think it can get confusing too because like you give a lot of antibiotics um baseline for like the newer babies Mm -hmm. like everybody's on amp and gen um so it can be like hard harder to like differentiate in your mind when you're newer i think Mm -hmm. um i'm speaking more from my experience i don't know if that's the same for everyone but um yeah i mean then when you get a kid that's on antibiotics for some sort of infection like that's different and it's sometimes we're just covering because preventative (laughs) they don't necessarily have a positive culture exactly yeah they just do it some places literally just give ambingen for like 48 hours to every single baby yeah yeah that's great (laughs) 
This one's funny because, and we've talked about this, like we don't know anything when starting in the NICU, because literally nothing you learned in nursing school applies to what you were doing. (laughs) Nothing. And it's really interesting. And everything's different. All of the equipment's different. All of the like vital signs are different. All the medications are different. Everything is tiny. Like, you are just not, not prepared. No. Whatsoever. No, nothing can prepare you. Literally <laughs> nothing. Like, like an internship is helpful. A yeah, absolutely. Can prepare you. Or, like, if you work as a CNA um, in a NICU, that's yes. great. Great. Yes. But if you have only been in a NICU for one shift, a.k.a. me, and then you go and you work in a NICU, you're like, oh, okay, all right. That is, yeah, it's just, it's just an experience. I know. It's like you take so many courses on, like, communicating with your patients, and then you get to the NICU, and you're like, well, I still say, hello, sir, and hello, ma'am, to my babies. I love that. I do call. I, mean, I would call them, sir. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, sir? I have full-on conversations with them. I I'm love like them. A weirdo. I'm just like always talking to them. But you got to. You got to. Yeah, they love but, it. Yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> but no, you're, you're so right. It's so funny. Like oh, so many things. Like so many classes that are completely out the window. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah. Like why did I even go to nursing school, honestly? <laughs> like <laughs> makes no sense. I, I feel like a lot of shit like- a lot of shit you learn in nursing school honestly doesn't apply to any job <laughs> a lot of jobs that you do though, let's be real. It's true. I don't know. The one thing that I did use from nursing school is putting on sterile gloves. Oh nice. Learning how to do that, like I do yeah. that. You do that relatively frequently in the NICU and like the OR like you just it's that applies great yep not a lot else um I didn't do a lot of like taskiness in nursing school like never put in an IV until I was in the NICU but I don't know how much that would have really helped me anyway I mean well I was a PCT so I did like blood draws on moms Mm. so I guess that helped me with like understanding where to poke Sure. Um, which kind of helps with babies, but it it's almost better to start with babies because it's harder. <laughs> it's super hard. <laughs> yeah, it's it is hard. I haven't even I haven't put an IV in an adult since nursing school, and I don't even think I got it then. So um, when we have to start doing IVs and stuff at my surgery center, I'm gonna be like, oh my god, I don't even know what I'm doing. I feel but like the- it'll be easier no I think so too but it still scares me I don't know why it makes me so nervous I'm like let me practice on some other people first because they are watching you yeah babies are not (laughs) babies are not watching you they scream okay if you they're pissed at you but (laughs) like it's just how it goes usually like when you're getting an IV on a baby like if you get it the first try that's pretty awesome but usually like it takes like two or three times like oh I'll try oh you want to try that side oh I'll try this side this one has hand has another one like yeah it takes it takes a while and that's another thing too yeah like you're told to just stick once and if you don't get it you take out take it out but you like search around in there you're fishing with your you fish for the, with the needle, yeah, because know. you want know. you you do want to limit the amount of times that you're actually poking them. But like, oh, if you were to do that on an adult, I can't even like begin. <laughs> oh, I just got chills. I hate it. Stuff we do. Imagine imagine doing the exact same thing we do for a baby for an adult, swaddling them, <laughs> taking their one extremity out. Oh my god, there's a, a real idea. <laughs> That's a real. <laughs> I can say we're together. Yes, next time we're together. We're bringing baby stuff. Or like, oh, we got, I'll find a pacifier. Get a pacifier from work. <laughs> Swaddle me up. <laughs> oh my God, I'm dead. I'm dead. That's so funny. No, you put it in my foot. 
<laughs> you shave my head. I can't. Oh my god. Amazing. So funny. Am- like this is exactly what we're talking about. Like it's just like such a normal thing for us. We just like swaddle them up into a little ball. <laughs> <laughs> like throw. You don't throw them around, but you feel like you can just like. You're like moving their bodies like completely sideways and just like bending their feet into these crazy positions that it's shocking oh the first time you see it. Like I remember the first time I saw a baby blood draw on the heel. Like you know we milk the heels so like like for any of the you who don't know like the baby's toes can pretty much touch their shin like we bend yeah they're so flexible (laughs) and we squeeze it (laughs) and that's the first time i saw that i was like (gasps) Uh uh-huh i'm like oh my god we bend their feet in half essentially is that okay like it's so bad oh my god but you have to that's how we literally draw blood it's a heel stick (laughs) like it's a heel stick that's just what you do yeah but and when you get good at it like they don't really if you hit that in the right place yeah they'll cry out at the initial like shock because it is like a like if you've ever had your fingers stuck it doesn't feel good shocking it's ow but then like once that initial pain is over if you do the blood draw correctly like a lot of times my kids will not be like screaming the whole time (laughs) Yeah, you like just got to warm be. up the foot. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, though, when they do scream, it does help the blood flow if, like, they're kind of a slow bleeder. So you're like, well, let's let's wake it up a little bit. <laughs> like, I need this blood. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Too good. See? Too yeah. good. NICU nurse things. <laughs> yeah, seriously. We're, uh, yeah, we are a different breed of nurse. And, like, this is bad, but, like, a lot of NICUs won't sedate before intubation or during, like, while they're intubated in general. Like, uh, so many NICUs, these kids are completely awake, intubated. They're whipping their heads around. They're looking at you. Sometimes they're six months old, completely not sedated, and they're intubated. Like, name one other unit that would do that to someone. Right. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. And they, like, they say, like, okay, we don't want to, like, over-sedate them because we don't know what it's going to do to their brains and stuff like that. But also chronic pain and chronic stress and high cortisol levels, like, what is that going to do to their brain? Mm-hmm. None of and it's they, good. Yeah, they all have, like, horrible oral aversions and everything. And they can't heal their lungs if they're awake like that. Like, the whole point is to give their lungs and their bodies a break so that they're able to heal so that they mm-hmm. can hopefully be, hopefully be extubated mm-hmm. later. Which is, like, a lot of what I learned working in Philly. Like, because they managed BPD differently than I've ever seen before. But they yeah. sedated their kids. I mean, they weren't, like, dead asleep, but they managed their pain and, um, you know kept mm-hmm. them comfortable yep which any it's human hard. being deserves but exactly i mean they used to think that babies didn't these babies didn't feel pain like <laughs> years ago so it's crazy they say it that is about crazy. animals too it's like um what? like what just just adults just just human adults okay makes no sense yeah. makes no sense that was a good one um okay I guess another one may, I don't know some of these I feel like are repetitive but I guess the last one unless you think of anything else but um, is uh, you will keep in touch with some of these families forever and it's a really special bond um, like I just got a Christmas card from one of my patients families that I took care of in San Diego on a travel assignment Aww. and she's like four years old and oh I love that yeah it's really special and really cool to see them grow and mm-hmm. yeah, it's amazing it's so special it really is it really is yeah I still like um follow one of like the first babies moms I ever took care of and like I've gotten to see him grow he's what he's gonna be probably he's probably seven now that would make wow. sense 
or old. Oh, oh my God, that's crazy. I didn't even to say that out loud. Yeah, he's probably like over seven years old, which is just so wild. And then, I don't know. Yeah, you, if you have primary patients, you just like really create such a strong bond with those families. And it is really wonderful. It is. I also will say, too, it's a part of your learning journey, like being able to watch them go home after discharge, depending on what their diagnosis was in the NICU. It's been Mm -hmm. really helpful for me to like kind of understand what happens. And especially for you working in case management Mm -hmm. after like that was also probably so so awesome to see. I mean, it's sad, but like it's really cool to see like what is life like once they go home mm-hmm. um but yeah like sometimes when you're i mean a lot of the time yeah when you're new and you might take care of a, an x 23 weeker who's seven months old one day and then you'll take care of a 23 weeker the next day who's like a day old or something and then but you're not able to like understand the progression mm-hmm. but if you have a primary and you watch them grow and then you discharge them and then you keep in touch with that family after then you s- might see like, oh, okay, they, maybe they went home on a trach, and then maybe later on they're able to get decannulated, and okay, they have home nursing, but like, and they have these follow-up appointments, and like, but then like, mm-hmm. I don't know, you get to kind of see what the progression is, and I think that has been really um, interesting, too. Totally. I agree completely. It is, and it does really help with your learning, like, just understanding what happens after, because it they could just be discharged and you never know. You just don't know. Like, and it, I think it is really important to understand the sequelae of, you know, saving a 23-weeker. Like, what does that actually mean for their development for the rest of their lives? Right. So, or like even, you know, 30-weekers that get really sick or, you know, these, these kiddos that get super sick, even if they're like a little bit later in gestation, like that can have such an incredible impact on their development. So mm-hmm. it's super interesting. Or a cooling kid that yeah had a really poor prognosis. You know, sometimes if they're it's great. really bad, they will, well, sometimes, it, yeah, oh. sometimes they're totally not normal. But sometimes, sometimes <laughs> I was thinking of someone I took care of in Philly but sometimes they end up so bad that they have to end up in like a children's home you know it's really sad like it's yeah sometimes you're not all not all babies are discharged home sometimes Mm -hmm. sometimes families I mean can't stay home with their babies and take care of them and they Mm -hmm. don't have those access to care and yeah not every baby gets to go home so Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But I think it's it's sad, but I think it's really important for us to be aware and to learn and yeah. hundred percent agree. But I went off topic, but yeah, I just I love keeping in touch with my family so much. It's one of the most special parts of being in a yeah. I would say. It is really great. I, d- I like love uh yeah. And just getting to see pictures of the babies as they're growing. I just love it like oh my gosh I held you when you were just a little Little one pounder or I Mm -hmm. met you the day you were born or whatever that's really cool Mm -hmm. it is such a like unique experience that we get to have it is very humbling yeah wow wow there's that was a good one but yeah I think we could talk about it a lot more but that's that this this will suffice for now <laughs> yeah I feel like last one was really good but this was like just more specific and yeah yeah we'll keep doing more of these yeah I think so too and like as always if you have suggestions let us know <laughs> slide in the dms <laughs> um yeah guys uh hope you have amazing Christmas I know we already said that um travel safely if you're traveling sketch out there yeah enjoy your families um Mm -hmm. and yeah and your time off if you get it (laughs) seriously yeah seriously um and we will see you in 2023 Ah. that's wild we we should also do another episode like reflecting on oh my gosh almost a full year full year of this podcast podcast. which is insane 
absolutely insane. But yes, Love we it. definitely will do a whole a whole reflection episode. Uh, we, we so many ideas. I, so many. Yeah, God. And listening back to our first ones, I'm like, oh. no, they sound, they're good. But like, we yeah. were so, so nervous. <laughs> like, it's yeah. so, we just like, we couldn't even speak. Like, we just didn't know. But now we don't care. <laughs> Yeah. Not that we don't care, but it's just like we're comfortable and it's so much easier. So much easier. And there's like so much less to cut out, I feel like, most of the time. Yeah. 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 100%. All right. All right. Well, bye, guys. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Bye. I feel like we got some good stuff in there. Maybe. This podcast is produced by Emily Richardson and Hannah Quirk. The intro music is by Dan Lemire. Please help us out and rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram at drunkordelirious or send us an email at drunkordelirious at gmail.com.